It's a sunny day, and I'm not going to say what time it is, Carl, but it's time to talk fun stuff today. We're not going to yes. talk any negative. We're going to talk fun stuff because we've had enough gloom and doom and storms and whatever. In just a moment, we will talk to Liz Muller from the Westport Playhouse production of Broke that's doing the next couple of weekends out there. And then around minute 20, then around minute 22, we'll talk the covenant around minute 33. Bo is afraid around minute 43 to catch a killer around minute 48 murder mystery Two. around minute 56. Lynn talks about Leanne Morgan and then around minute 59, the theater roundup. We have with us Liz Muller, who is the genius behind Broke, the game show show. And it is currently playing at the Westport Plaza. So I know you were en route, but did not make it because of the storm on Saturday. That is correct. Yeah. I was I was en route and then was told by the National Weather Service to not be en route anymore. That's right. There were 12 tornadoes. Yeah. 12. They were initially saying eight, but now it's 12 including my old neighborhood. But I'm I was, going to reschedule and go. I am I am going Saturday night. So if you and your lovely wife, Nicole, are there, I will see you there. Uh, Saturday night, I am doing what the Constitution means to me. So, <gasps> yes, there's a lot of, it screwed everything else. But everything was going to be great. And it was going to be fantastic. And now it's going to be different. So, But it's still going to be fantastic. Yes. Oh, it's going to be great. We, I I did a night of uh, culture the other night. You know how I told you the other night, Lynn, that I was going to do the night of culture, see the Banksy land exhibit, then go to Wicked and then go to the art hotel for a drink, looking over the city of St. Louis panoramic view. We did that on Thursday and it was excellent. And I would do it again. Five stars. Wonderful. Because you deserved it after a death in the family. Yes, Aww. but 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 you know what, Lynn? We saw you, and Nicole's like, "Should we say hi to her?" I'm like, "No, she. You were holding court at Wicked, Lynn." Oh, really? <laughs> yes. All all these people were gathered around you. Uh, you were talking to Kate. I saw you talking to Kevin. I saw you talking to a lot of people at Wicked because everyone wanted to know your thoughts. Oh well, the weather man Matt Chambers sat behind us with one of yes. his children. And well, he has 17 of them, so he can only bring one at a time. I know. And uh, uh, we uh, talked to him and on the next day on his show on KMOV, he said that he sat behind people who had seen it seven times. So wow. he was talking oh, wow. about us. <sighs> and that was Thursday. And then Friday night was something else. And then Saturday the heavens opened up and all of a sudden we didn't get to drive out to Westport, but I do know that some people did go right. Liz, we had an amazing crowd. We were having some dinner before the show and we're sitting there and I am from New York. So I am not used to these tornado warnings that you people all act like is normal business every day. <laughs> so the sky turns like wizard of Oz green. And I was like, wow. And it was just like, downpour and whatnot and we thought oh my gosh nobody's gonna come to this show 
it's t- it's crazy out there. And we had a beautiful house, even with the weather. So we were really lucky. Oh, us Midwesterners were crazy. Yeah, you don't care. You're like, I'm going to the show. I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care what this weather is telling me. Yeah, it was I wild. Was, I was in an EF2 tornado in Springfield, Illinois in 2006 with my boys. And we were in a movie theater. So, oh. yeah. Wow. Idiots us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that sky was a weird shade of green. And I was like, hmm. Well, that's what I told my wife. I said, you know, tonight's going to be the best night to win because the the house will be, uh, have fewer people in it. It's true. I think every night is a good night to win personally, because you never know what's going to happen. I broke. So tell us about broke. We need to talk about that instead of another tornado, maybe. (laughs) This week. I think broke in and of itself is a bit of a tornado, actually. So it is just a whirlwind of games. There are three insane rounds of game show games that the audience plays on stage. Like the whole focus of the show is the audience. You become the star. And even if you don't make it to stage, you still get to participate in some games, which is pretty excellent. And it's all wrapped up in the packaging of like a musical comedy improv show. So it is half scripted, half improv, some musical theater songs in there. This game show is happening. There's audience interaction and there's this insane 30 foot video wall supporting the entire show with these gorgeous graphics and videos behind the thing. It's pretty impressive. I am looking very <laughs> forward to this. I was on The Price is Right a couple <gasps> of years ago, but I, I didn't get picked. My sister did, but we had that experience she oh. got to go down, like, be yes. a contestant? Oh, yes. God, that's really cool. It's just like that. It's just like that, only our games are ridiculous. You don't have to have any particular knowledge or be good at anything. <laughs> Anyone can play. Well, good. Well, that experience was uh, incredibly uh, fun. And everybody always says, you know, like, if you want to go on Jeopardy. And I said, no, I would be too nervous. And I would not ask, I would not see the answer in the form of a question. So you know I would was really funny. Terrible. It's like we have been trained as a society. I can't tell you at Broke how many people will buzz in and our buzzers are our mouths because we spent all the money on the video wall. So there's no more money for buzzers. Ha ah. <laughs> ha <laughs> joke, joke, <laughs> wink, wink. Um, so people will buzz in and they will answer the question in the form of a question because we are so trained to do that. It's amazing. I love it. That is funny. That is really funny well i'm sure you grew up like we all did when you're home sick from school you're watching game shows absolutely every college kid i knew was watching price is right all day and not going to class (laughs) right that's like all anyone did and then now uh, well i'm so old that (laughs) password was on when i was a kid and they'd go the password is so we actually have a bit of password too but we call it something else i don't know if i can say it on the podcast we call it word association but it's a truncated association word ass word ass yeah we call it you can say we're we're not fcc ruled oh that's great yeah we call it word ass but it is a form of password for sure well that's That's really fun so how did you get the idea for this Um, I work on a lot of different types of shows, interactive theater. Um, I have another show called Bingo, which is a fully interactive theater show. 
And I had gone in touch with the artistic director, Leanne at Westport. And, you know, we know her. She's the best. She's and I've known her for 20 years and we have just reconnected this past November. It's been wild. It's like a wonderful blast from the past. And she's been so incredible supporting this new project. So she was looking for new shows and I was like, I've got some outlines for some stuff. And this was November. Like we're talking like four months ago. And my partner, C.E. Simon, who is the writer, the composer, he did the book, he did all the graphic work. Um, He and I didn't have a fully formed show, but we were like, yeah, we can get you something. And then it was like, can you have it ready by April? And I was like, well, let's <laughs> rally. So we spent December putting together this entire show musically, the script, the improv, um, and then all of the, you know, video graphics that go behind it, because not only is it a beautiful like video show, one of our characters is also a video character. Our computer <sighs> comes to life and her name is Vanna and she plays a third or fourth character in the show. There's a couple of voiceover characters in the show. And she's a little broken, haha, no pun intended, totally pun intended. Uh, so the whole show just kind of falls apart because the computer breaks. Very much like how, you know, or or in Mitchell versus the Machines, there's always a computer that takes Aww. over. Um, but she's pretty funny and pretty snarky. She might be in love with the host, who knows? Um, but yeah, so we we said we could have it ready for April. And we put the show together. I did a crazy reading in my living room with a bunch of my friends. And they were like, go for it, you guys. So we did. And we came. We have the best cast. Ryan Myers and Ashley Rubar just absolutely. They are perfect for this show. They are improv actors first, which is amazing because it's exactly what this show needs. Because, yo, this audience can get rowdy. <laughs> Once there's competition involved, whoo, people, they they take off their earrings. That's for sure. They're ready to fight. <laughs> But it's all in good fun. Uh, and I feel really lucky to be at Westport. The crowds and the response has been absolutely amazing. Well, are you doing a lot of... So in addition to the improv, there's a, probably a lot of crowd work as well. Indeed, you are so right. Uh, the show starts scripted and really quickly turns into some crowd work. And that's where Hank, our lead character, played by Ryan, he will go and he'll talk to the audience. He'll make you do these silly theater warm-ups. We end up accidentally singing a song together. Whoops, how did we do that? So there is a lot of back and forth. And sometimes the audience just wants to heckle. Um, and I do believe it's all in good fun and love. And he likes it too. He's real good. He picks up everything that's put down. And Ashley, who plays Alex, is right there by his side, just like throwing more eggs. And it's it's pretty beautiful to watch the <laughs> two of them. So what age do you recommend? Uh, we definitely call it an adult show, but it's PG-13 for sure. There's not really language in it. Like a little teeny pepper on the side, maybe of language. Like um, ass? Like ass, or maybe the S word. Oh, I know. Um, and most of the time, the dirtiest things are not our fault. It's the <laughs> audience. Like this beautiful moment where like we put a word up on the screen and the person who went to play went, Virginia. <laughs> we were like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so it's as dirty as the audience makes it. <laughs> but I would say it's a PG-13 rated show. So these shows are Fridays and Saturday evenings at 7.30 and Westport is full of places to go eat at beforehand. So I know you're having some packages and how do people get tickets? Uh, they can get them at the box office, right? Or online. Yeah. 
they can go to the westportplayhouse.com or westportplay.com. And there's this really beautiful package with Westport and Kobe Steakhouse. And you get this insane deal. I don't know all like the dollar numbers, but you get dinner <laughs> and a show, which is a pretty wild deal. And it's so great that they support us and we get to support them too. Well, this sounds so fun. And Carl, she is one of the people that's producing six. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait, Ooh. hang on. Wait, that's wait. like way. That's, <laughs> that's way so, in the future, Lynn. I'm sorry, producers, producers. No, no, producers, don't hear that. I am one of the associate music supervisors of oh. Six the Musical. No, it's. I love that you call me a producer. I like that vibe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wish I should be so lucky. But I get to take care of Six. I'm one of the associate music supervisors for Six the Musical. And it is a dream job. And I can't believe that I get to do that every single day. Well, that's awesome. That is so awesome. I, um, yeah, I know we were talking theater and I just was, I, I have pro local producers in my head. Hey man, Lynn, your mouth to God's ears. Let's get some production work right <laughs> here for Liz Muller. I'm sorry, Liz Waller. Let's do it. Yeah. So Liz, <laughs> oh man, I am striking out today, Carl. My bro No, uh, I think you're winning hardcore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, all right. So you got your start on cruise ships. Is that correct? Actually, I was working? a performer. I was a performer back in the day. I really quickly discovered that I'm a director. I feel like that's my personality. <laughs> and I've just been directing ever since. I've done everything from college to, you know, regional to cruise lines. I work for Cruise Line now. I've worked for theme parks. I opened a theme park in Malaysia in 2020. That was crazy. I know it was really, it was such, I was with one of my really good friends and he is uh, one of our writing partners for Bingo Jamboree. And he and I lived in Malaysia and opened a theme park. It was insane. Um, but now I'm I'm actually at a rehearsal right now. And my director was so cool. I was like, dude, I've done this interview. And he was like, go, 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 go. So um, they're off singing songs in a, in a corner. It's a, it's a different show. It's a show called Sid Norman's, which is like this rock and roll show, but yeah, I work for Cruise Line. I see hundreds of performers every year. I teach dozens and dozens of shows here. And uh, I, I kind of get to live the dream. It's pretty wild. I love it. So Colin helped you, or you guys helped each other write this show, correct? Yeah, so C.E. Simon is, um, he's a composer and a book writer. He does a lot of graphic work. Obviously, the two of us are also life partners. He was my music director back in the day. Scandal. Ah, um, but I know a couple people that have had <laughs> their relationships start like that. It's, you know what, you can't, yeah. Showmances. You just, you just have something in common and it just clicks. And I met him 25 years ago and it stuck. And here we are. I know. Isn't that why that's 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 not scandalous anymore. Then No, it's not. It's we're just old people, but we're we <laughs> we love each other. And he is an insanely, insanely talented artist. And yeah, the, he and I put this show together. It's a lot of me going, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And him going, OK, write it down, write it down, write it down. So the book is his. Um, the music is his. The lyrics are mine. The graphics are all his and stuff, but collectively the show is just the two of us. And we started writing it in December of 2022. So <laughs> it's only, it's such a baby. Like I can't wait to see it grow and bloom and be more things because, you know, like in quote real theater, you would do a workshop for six months and then you do two weeks of previews and you would do all these other things and have backers and millions of dollars. And we just have like the two of us <laughs> and, and Westport Playhouse supporting us. So we feel really lucky that it's come so far in such a short time. Now, the so, number one question that I have been asked about this show from people is, well, well, what can I win? 
Oh, oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? There's so many prizes. So even the losers win, which is wild. So 12 people total end up on stage, which is great. So it's like four people per round. You duke it out to win. And the losers get everything from like tickets to the Fox, tickets to the Muni. There's like hotel night stays. There's gift certificates to like Westport Social, things like that. There's a pair of socks, hats. Like there's all kinds of swag. So like you can win anything from something super, super shiny to something like really fun and every day. And you don't know what you're going to get because you don't know what will happen at Broke. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if you want to be incognito? You just want to sit there and watch. You don't want to have to be on stage. You don't want to have to do anything goofy. You do not have to. The only way to get on stage is to buzz in and answer a question. So if you just want to watch your friends have a blast, that's totally cool. If you want to be the voyeur in the back, just laughing and having a great time, we love it. We want you. If you want to be the one front and center, we want you to. But we never force anybody to do anything they don't want to do. As long as you still have 12 players. Correct. As long as, well, we could play <laughs> it with as few as four for the whole time. It'd be like this really awesome, like, family oh, they game just night. keep. They yeah, just keep just going. Keep, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Yeah. So because it's different every night, that's what makes it, that's what keeps it snappy and fresh. It's true. So the structure of the show is the same and the scripted bits are the same. And then all of the improv is obviously the improvisational. The holes. And all of the questions are different every single show. So, and every round has different games. So we put together hundreds of questions for every show. It's crazy. As it should be. And uh, I was going to ask you if you have any future plans for taking this. Like what happens after Westport with this show? Well, I do. I know I'm already ticking in my brain and the actors are like, Liz, you're crazy. Uh, I really want to take it up to the tri-state area because I'm from New York. So I'm hoping I have one theater in mind. They are the center stage theater in Connecticut and they've been very kind to me. And I'm hoping that they will let me bring Broke to them and we can play up there. And then I'm hoping that will give me enough traction to, you know, maybe put together a little mini tour with a bus and truck and go visit some people. Because, you know, with two actors and very few stage props or sets, uh, it travels really well. So I think a lot of people would like it. Not to mention you... smaller theaters that maybe their budget is a little bit tinier can do a show like this because there are only two actors, which is really affordable. Or you know, I'm thinking of a place like Las Vegas. You can do this. <gasps> you say that louder, Carl. Las <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> well, maybe start in Atlantic City and Atlantic then go. City. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about Vegas because to me this seems perfect. And uh, my, not that I am familiar with that, but when. Uh, what I notice when talking to producers these days is people want to skate. They don't want serious heavy. They don't want it. They want it. And this seems like it fills a niche that everybody wants to get out now, especially <laughs> with spring. And people are just tired of all the whatever we've been yeah. through stress we have we need to escape a little bit and just remember that we can laugh even if it's at our own expense like we can <laughs> laugh and we can have a good time and and you're right Lynn producers do want to just give people an experience in addition to the theater like look at Lynn's graphic behind her it's so like <laughs> that's what the whole wall looks like your Instagram photos will be amazing <laughs> you know like 
it's just, you're so right. Like it's okay to laugh and it's okay not to be serious. And that's exactly what we are. We're just a, a good ruckus time. Well, good. You can go to westportplay.com and you can find out more about all of these things. If you wanted to do such a thing and you wanted to win prizes and have fun. So are people surprised at the level of fun they have? I think so, especially because, you know, with a new show, you have to convince people very quickly because there's no precedent. So we have to really kind of grab them at the beginning and be like, you're going to have a good time, I promise. And every person, I was so lucky to talk to so many people after the show this past weekend. And they were just like, this was, I had no idea. This was so much fun. I can't believe it. You know, like, wow, like all kinds of great reactions to it. So I feel really fortunate to have had the experience to get to talk to the audience as well, because their feedback is extremely important to us. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, you are like that Sh Molly Shannon character on SNL, that a joyologist or whatever. What was her? her she, she specialized in joy. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the compliment, Lane. I'm taking it. <laughs> Even though I messed up your name. No, <laughs> are you kidding me? I don't even care. It's beautiful. Ah. Well, thank you so much. And you are a busy person. I know. I'm very lucky, huh? <laughs> well, I think it's she better to be yell at me. Lucky. C would be like, C would be like, don't say you're lucky. You work hard. I'm like, I work hard, Lynn. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's like the Oprah quote, uh, luck and preparation is, you know, work and preparation is luck. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. So, well, um, now I'm really excited about seeing it. Oh, man, we're so happy to have you this weekend. Because uh, Friday night, I'm seeing gruesome playground injuries. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. And Sunday, I'm seeing doubt. <gasps> so. Something nice and light. Yeah, right after weekend. broke. Go see doubt. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm going to really enjoy this. This I'll savor it. I have no doubt. Ah, there you go. Ah, thank so, you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you, you so beautiful. much. And, uh, and uh, uh, break a leg. I'll broke it for sure. <laughs> go broke. Thank you, Liz. Guys, you are both delightful. Yeah, we try. Thank you. We try. Thank you so much for having well, me. This is like, it, it really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Julie said it would be really fun. So <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know how hard it can be like new shows and getting support for theater. It's just impossible. So mm -hmm. you guys are amazing. Thank you. Oh You're yeah. Welcome. Well, uh, we will be paying attention. <laughs> well, I promise you don't have to. <laughs> you can... <laughs> it's not that deep. And see if yeah. you come back, if you come back again. With oh, yeah. I, I, Westport has already been like, when are you coming back? Are you doing another show? When are you coming back? So, so I'm, I'm going to start ticking away for some ideas for sure. Well, awesome. Yeah. You guys are great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Your thank course. you. Mwah. Yeah. Bye, kids. Bye. Bye. Lynn, that was great. Where should we begin with the movies that are out this weekend? We have quite a few. Ladies first. All right. Well, I will talk about Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. At first, I thought, oh, this sounds kind of pretentious. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Because Sean at Allied said, you must say Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Apparently, there's like five or six other movies called The Covenant. 
Right. So it's like makes- Disney's Disney's the kid with Bruce Willis. It had to be Disney's the kid to, you know, differentiate that from, you know, Charlie Chaplin's the kid. Right. Lee Daniels, the butler. Yeah. Right. So Guy Ritchie is surprising with this film because it's not your typical fancy schmancy tricks that Guy Ritchie usually does in his crime capers. Right. This is a true based on a true story, right? No, it's not based on a true story. No, I thought it was based on a true story. I thought so, too. But it isn't. Okay. So it's three screenwriters who are, um, well, you know what? They show pictures at the end. I don't understand this. Okay. I will find out because I thought it was a true story. And then I was told, no, it's not. So, but I think it's a composite of all these people who had forged bonds during the war in Afghanistan. This is set in 2018. The screenwriters are Guy Ritchie's go-to guys, Marn Davis and Ivan Atkinson. They wrote The Gentleman, Wrath of Man, Operation Fortune. And so they're back at it. And of course, it's that, you know, macho posturing because it's war soldiers. But they cut to the chase. It's very straightforward. And it's not uh it's just very realistic very harrowing i was so anxious during this whole movie because the action you know richie's a master at action so you have that but they really capture the relationships the humanity of the bonds of war and uh Jake Gyllenhaal is, you know, he's a guy's guy and he plays this true platoon leader. It's no nonsense. He doesn't want to be upstaged. He knows best. And he gets a new interpreter, Ahmed, who is played by Dar Salim, who this is a star making part as the interpreter. He kind of looks like Vin Diesel. He's Danish. He, I, I, You'd think that he would be you know, of that area, but he's not, he's Dane. Well, he, he was born in Iraq. Okay. Cause I looked him up and he said born in Baghdad, but he lives in Denmark. So he plays this interpreter and he's very intuitive. And so they're doing the dance of, can we trust each other? And uh, they discover, yes, they can trust each other. But Hall's kind of gruff in his manners. Like, you know, I'm the boss. You do what I say kind of thing. Right. No. They, all these soldiers, they got cute little nicknames, you know, Jizzy and Jack Jack and Tomcat and all these names. And they're, they go hunt. They're always hunting for the explosives. The improvised explosive devices and they find out that there's this Taliban factory. And so they're going to go, you know, get, get it. Well, they're going to be ambushed and Gyllenhaal is gravely injured and his interpreter care, like drags him like 60 miles to save his life. 
and he's back in the States and he discovers that Ahmed, his wife and his new baby were promised visas by the U.S. government. But because of all our insane red tape, he is still in Afghanistan and he is in danger because because of their heroics, they've become, you know, famous and uh, this isn't playing well with the Taliban. So he is underground. Ahmed is underground. So Gyllenhaal has to find him. Gyllenhaal's character is, uh, oh no, I just, I just turned in my review for Webster Kirkwood Times and I totally forgot the guy's name. Um, Sergeant John Kinley. Kinley. I knew it was a K. Kinley. So he goes back home with his family and he's tortured, but he needs to save Ahmed. So it's that whole thing. So it is gripping and intense and a profile in courage. And you really feel, I mean, Richie makes you feel for these guys, which that's not an emotion that you usually get with Richie. Well, so, he's, he's a good writer. It's just that he, he's an acquired taste and this is, if you're going to see a Guy Ritchie for this, if you're going to go see a Guy Ritchie film, it's not your average cliched. It's it's not like it's, you know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or The Gentleman or Snatch. This is a, a real... He's going for cinema verite, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's well done. It's, uh, you know, the, the editing, the... The uh, thing, there's nobody else in the cast that's got, of any name except Johnny Lee Miller. He plays one of uh, Gyllenhaal's superiors. But uh, I, I, it's two hours and three minutes and it, it zoomed along. Oh. Now, Afghan movies, movies set in Iraq and Afghanistan haven't done so well at the box office. But American Sniper and The Hurt Locker would be the best of them, don't you think? Yeah. And so, I mean, we're not talking that level. And Hurt Locker is is the best picture that has made the least amount of money ever. Yeah. Well, do people want a serious drama? I don't know. Uh, uh, these days, because we got S Super Mario Brothers and we got air and we got everything. But to me, it's worth seeing because of the humanity and because of that sense of duty and what would you do how far would you go to save somebody's life who but this person saved your life too yeah and so, so it's not it's 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 reciprocal but it's also i mean the the um uh, his kin ahmed did the first saving and then kinley's doing the next saving it's just it's makes you it gives you hope in humanity yes well it's uh this is according to uh i just looked up it is not based on a true story but it is inspired by the many true tragic stories of afghan interpreters who worked with the u.s military and were promised visas and then left to fend for themselves in a hostile country so it's not based on a true story but it could be Right. It could be inspired by mm. Tracer. You know how people are like that. means that. they don't have to pay anybody. Yeah. And it's not based on a book. You know how it usually like uh based on guy, an article from the New Yorker. Yeah. The 
the guy that Brad Lee Cooper played in American Sniper, Chris Kyle, he yes. wrote a book. Right. So, you know, and then we know what happened there. So anyway, that is what I saw. Now, Ghosted, I plan to see today, but it's embargoed till tomorrow. Oh. So we couldn't talk about it anyway. So are you planning to see it? It's uh, Chris it's Evans mm -hmm. and Anna DeArmas, and they reunite after Knives Out and the yes. Great well, also, it, this is what she she didn't even mention this on Saturday Night Live the other night. She meant I mean, she meant she didn't she hardly mentioned what she was doing. You know, she mentioned blonde. She didn't mention that she was a Bond girl, which was her best performance last year. But and and she actually, you know, who I thought Anna Armas looked like our friend Megan Ketcherside from the Fox. I thought that she looked like her a little bit and then my wife said she looked like one of my daughter's friends and i said i do not want to think of anna de armas as being one of my daughter's friends because <laughs> but i guess yeah. i guess that's a possibility nowadays isn't it yeah i thought she seemed nervous i don't know what's going on this is an aside about snl but the last three snls have been practically unwatchable they have not been fun except well, for the guy that James Austin Johnson, who plays the Trump guy. <laughs> but they've just been really flat. Well, let's just say that is the definition of what you would see if you went to go see Ari Aster's new film, uh, Bo is Afraid. Which so you I saw, I did. I sat through all three hours of Bo is Afraid. And as you know, um, People love Hereditary, and I hated, hated, hated Midsummer. In fact, it was my least favorite film that year, even though I would say I would watch the four-hour version of it because I wanted to see how weird it could get. This movie is just as weird. I went to Wikipedia afterwards because I wanted to make sure I knew what I just saw. It is three hours and it is just crazy, crazy, crazy. I read the plot description, and besides me getting one name wrong, it is exactly what I thought I saw, but I am still processing this movie, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I will say that my first reaction after seeing this is that Ari Aster hates his mother. My cousin said... Or maybe Ari Aster's mother really hates him. So I it's it's about this mother-son relationship that is very, very insane. And you don't know what's real and you don't know what's going on. There's Bo, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is a child. Most of the time, he's regular Joaquin Phoenix. There's also an animated version of Joaquin Phoenix in a part that does not need to be in the movie at all. It This this is what stretches that. There's a whole animated sequence that is a story that takes place in a traveling theater group in the woods that doesn't make... It makes sense to what happens in the film, but it doesn't need to be in the film. 
Uh, and then there's old man uh, bow. And so I don't, I'm still going through this movie. Just like, you know how the feeling you saw when you saw Midsummer for the first time and you go, what did I just see? I didn't see Midsummer because of you telling me about it. And I how thought, awful I don't it need is. To, I don't need to put myself through that. Well, I'm going to tell you the time. same thing about Bo is afraid because I don't know. I, I mean, there's a great Parker Posey's in this movie for a little while. And there's this weird sex scene, which you could say, oh, because some people are like, oh, I want to go see this sex scene. No, it's just so weird because one of the things that Bo was told as a child is that if he ever has a, a if he ever has sex to completion, he'll die. So but that's that's not even the weirdest part of the movie. That's that that's just another level and layer of weird that this movie is. Um, and the movie just kind of ends. There's no there's no denouement for the characters. It just kind of. Well, this is what happens. And it's about guilt and it's about uh I, I'm once again, I'm still processing this movie, and it's been 12 hours since I've seen it. And I right now I would say I would not recommend it. I I and the only reason I went to go see this movie is because I thought there were parts of Midsummer that I enjoyed. And there are part I was all in on Bo is afraid until there was just something that hit me and it just hit me wrong. And then I was in, I was out, and then I was definitely out. Once once the big twist, because there is a big twist at the end, I didn't buy the twist. I didn't think it was Bo doesn't buy the twist either. So that's also it when the characters in your movie don't buy the twist, they <sighs> It doesn't mean that the audience is going to either, even though it's not telegraphed at all and comes out of left field. The whole movie is it, it, it's in the bleachers. It's not even in left field. It's not it's playing a different game. And Ari Aster, he might be a genius, but I did you see Hereditary, Lynn? I did. And I like Max, I think it falls apart. There are parts of it that are truly horrific, but then that ending, he just doesn't know how to end things. Yes. Uh, I believe our buddy Jim Batts and I were discussing last night. It's the, uh, it's the Judd Apatow school of editing, which is not editing anything at all. They kept, they kept everything. In, and it's one minute shy of three hours and it feels every minute of that length i was going to ask you if it keeps your attention for three hours because it just i saw the preview and i'm a huge joaquin phoenix fan and i was like this looks really bizarre and and I, i've only mentioned a couple of the people that are in the movie it has a fantastic cast uh, patty lapone's in it playing his mom zoe lister jones is playing the young version of that amy ryan nathan lane kylie rogers from yellowstone uh richard kind i knew that was his voice immediately and then he does show up later in the film and they're touting that michael gandolfini's in this film but he's barely in this film 
Uh, he also has uh, uh, the, the guy that starts off the film, Stephen McKinley Henderson, who you know him. He's one of those guys. He was a he was a member of the rep for a long time in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. He, he's in he's in August Wilson's uh, fence. Yes. Yes. With and Denzel so Washington. He he plays Bo's therapist. So that that's how the movie starts at a therapy session. And it's all about Bo not wanting to go and the anxiety of going to see his mom. Hmm. And it just gets nuts from there. And honestly, Lynn, I'm going to tell you, excuse me. If you go to the Wikipedia page, read the plot. And if you think that you would enjoy this movie, do it. And normally you wouldn't read a plot before you go see the movie. But if you can follow that plot and it's interesting to you, then maybe Bo is Afraid is for you because there are some pretty things. And there was a lot of nervous laughter in the film last night. And it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be, well, it's, it's uh, Wikipedia called it the surrealist black comedy horror film. And they got that from the New York Times. So uh, I, I, I can't recommend it. Does uh, is it worth IMAX? It looks great in IMAX. I mean, the Bo lives in a big city, and it is like someone described it: nineteen seventies New York Times Square. And it is not just horrifying; it's downright disgusting. Before Times Square got Disneyfied, and there were like peep shows and everything, there are so many little Easter eggs in the I. If when this does come out, I might go back and watch a couple scenes to see some of the things that are written on graffiti. And there's a sex shop and it has a menu on the side of the wall. And some of the things were just funny, but it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be grim and gruesome. Have I sold you on the movie yet, Lynn? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And I and I um, love A24. I think what A24 does is very uh, groundbreaking and sometimes very out there and they're doing independent films, even though, you know, A24 is a, it's one of the bigger independent films and it does a great service to people who like independent films by releasing these. But this one was just not for me. Well, this is the first thing Joaquin Phoenix has done since he won his Oscar. Yes. Yeah. Joker. Well, I saw a movie that is going to be in theaters, but uh, I don't think it's going to last very long. It's called To Catch a Killer. And it is starring Shailene Woodley mm -hmm. and Ben Mendelsohn. Two fine actors. Yes. Now, they do everything they can to make this procedural about a serial killer work. But it's pretty generic and it falls apart. Uh, it has a messy, unsatisfying ending. It is a two-hour movie, and the last third seems to go on forever. It has its moments. Obviously, it has twists and turns, but it's really dialogue-heavy. And Shailene plays a Baltimore police officer who has a lot of self-loathing, although we don't get into it too much, but she has a troubled past. And on New Year's don't Eve, they all? yes, in New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, uh, 
a mass murderer starts randomly shooting people uh, in these at these parties and high rises, and it's very elaborate. But he doesn't fit the profile of a mass murderer because he doesn't want to be found, and she's pretty intuitive. Second time I've used that word today. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Ben Mendelsohn is the this uh, FBI guy, head of the field office. He's in charge of this investigation. And he is talking to her and she has some observations that he thinks is quite interesting. So he tags her to be the liaison between the Baltimore police and the FBI. Well, then we got a mayor who's like the mayor in Jaws. And then we got a, we got another FBI guy who's gumming up the works and it's a very messy investigation. And uh, they, they find uh, this, they, she thinks the guy's going to strike again. He killed 29 people on New Year's Eve. Ew. Yeah. Is this based on a true story? No, no, no. And so uh this guy is in a mall and goes berserk and shoots like 24 cops and, and stuff. So they're everybody's wanting results, blah blah blah. And then we finally they finally figure out who the guy is because Shailene Woodley's so smart. So and and he was in the last three Harry Potter movies as uh, one of the heroes. Ah, well, you know I'm a big fan of Ralph uh, ben, Innocent. Ben, Ralph Innocent. Yeah, he's he's believable, but the, it's just this kind. It's directed by a guy who uh, Argentinian, or or and he won Argentinian? a BAFTA. Yeah, he won a BAFTA for a movie called Wild Tales. But this is not which was a, a whole. Bu- it's like one of Argent art. It was one of, uh, it was one of Argentinian art. No, it was one of the Argentines' favorite films of like all time, and uh, this one is not because it's just—I don't think it's well constructed. It's very heavy in exposition, <laughs> and I just—I uh, think the goodwill that you have for Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn is just frittered away because it's not a because it's clunky it's too complicated it's frustrating they have some interesting detours but i think it's just kind of a paint by numbers procedural and with all she helped produce this i know with all the tv that's out there with you know how many fbis and chicago police and you know, well, there are three FBI's and there are three Chicago's. Yes, and we have the NCIS's and and everything. You know, you see pretty decent procedurals on television. So when you're seeing this, you expect more 
But you're not. This is just a two part CSI. Yeah. You're not really getting anything. And it's a shame because those two are, you know, top shelf people. And I'm just really disappointed and I wanted it to be better. And it is in theaters, but let's see how long it takes to to uh, get back on streaming. And uh, well, Lynn, let's end. Let's end with something that was better than we thought it was going to be, even though it's a sequel to a movie that we thought was going to be dumb. And it was pretty good. Murder Mystery 2 is on Netflix right now. It is another one of the Adam Sandler movies, but this time he he actually I think he's in it less than Jennifer Aniston's in it. I think she's in. But that was that's how it seemed in the first one, too, that it was a real uh, team rather than just an Adam Sandler vehicle. Right. He plays a police officer that wants to be a detective, but he hasn't passed the test yet but through a series of circumstances he and jennifer crack a a uh, murder mystery uh, and yeah, five people five people got killed in the first one only a couple in this one and this one is interesting because now they're operating a detective agency like a poor man's nick and nora charles and i think their chemistry what is best about this is you know it's just it's amusing it's not gonna be up for any awards it's not hustle it's uh just a very entertaining zippy movie because it zips along it's it's a quick one isn't it like 90 minutes or so and then it's, uh, it's 89 minutes yeah and their chemistry together is clicks they are fun to watch together and uh, I forget who directed it. I have to look up. But I just think it just it was very fluid. It kept going. It's, it, it's Jeremy Gerlich. OK. And uh, Mark Strong mm-hmm. plays an operative. I don't want to give things away. Plays a right operative. But it's just fun because they're so they're playing such middle class people in this that are in exotic locations uh, around all these fancier people and they bicker all the time about silly stuff that's how we talk oh that was i loved that scene yeah and then the cheese he keeps eating the cheese cheese yes well it's because jody Jody Turner Smith is saying, oh, there must be strains in the marriage. And they both yell at her and they're saying, this is how we communicate. But yeah, yeah Mark Strong, uh, Melanie Laurent, uh, who else is in this? John Canny, who is another one of those guys that you go. Uh, and he's he's left over, not left over, but he was in the first film. Uh, Danny Boone is from the first film and Adil Akhtar He's from the first film. In fact, he's the whole impetus of why that they are getting a an, another free trip to the to Europe. Jillian Bell shows up at the end, and she's very funny. Uh, Tony Goldwyn's got a cameo at the front. That's funny with uh, Annie Mumolo because I I thought that was cute. There there are a whole bunch of cute things in this film. Uh, I read an article that said this one was better than the first one. Uh, I think 
if you like the first one, you really will like this one. Yeah, it's just a pleasant, it's one of those weekend-type movies. If it's storming and raining and you just want something light and light well, my, my wife's My wife thanked me for putting this on. She's like, this was fun. We This was something that was needed. So once again, Adam Sandler does not disappoint, even though... For a long time, it was like uh, another Adam Sandler movie. I, I'm I'm enjoying his Netflix deal. I think he's doing really well. Yes, I think so too. Because I watched. Did you watch the uh, roasting or the 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 no, Mark I Twain prize? I did not. But I my friend Chris Convey produced that, and my friend Tim Convey was there. And he said it was just fantastic. I thought it was a great honor for young Mr. Adam Sandler. What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought so too. And, uh, uh, you know, he's turned around. Well, my kids always loved him. And uh, what interesting, when I was in the hospital watching Basic Cable, uh, that was before the Adam Sandler uh, Mark Twain Prize. And so all these cable stations were playing his movies. So what else am I going to do? I rewatched Mr. Deeds. I rewatched, uh, 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 one of the Drew Barrymore ones. Um, well, Oh, Wedding Singer. I love Wedding, Wedding Singer. Singer. Yeah. And stuff. And I have a newfound appreciation for him. I don't like the voice. I don't like the stupid stuff. I don't really like, you know, my kids love Billy Madison. Yeah, but he did the voice and the stupid stuff in Hubie Halloween. And Hubie I know, Halloween which is I so like. cute. Yeah. It, which I liked, which is way better than people give it credit for. I, I like Hubie Halloween. Mm-hmm better but i think he has uh i mean he's made a gazillion dollars he doesn't have to prove himself but he will surprise people i think he's always surprising people with his choices like hustle who knew hustle was you know and and he loves basketball He, he that's the famous thing about him he loves going out and if he's got a couple hours he'll go and get a do a pickup game he loves basketball I think many people were surprised at how good Hustle was and how much they enjoyed it. So who knows what he's uh, up next. But yeah, no, the deal with Netflix is uh, good. Speaking of Netflix, if we're we're talking joy, uh, there is a comedy special on right now. Leanne Morgan. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my wife made she made me put this on for her the other day. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Really? Okay. I it, did not I did not think it was funny at all. I didn't think Well, you're and not you know a what? Woman. Uh, exactly. And you know what? She was on Camo X the other day and I guess I didn't She's a storyteller. She's not they're not they're not a lot of jokes. She tells a story and then waits for laughs. Because right. it, it, But any woman who has raised children and has gone through the changes of life will identify with her she sells and, she sells out she sells out concerts all the time she's pe- people are talking about this special and i gave up after five minutes and my wife kept going and she loved it oh my god i laughed so hard i mean it's like hard laughter like i uh uh 
she has a segment it's six minutes on youtube about old people going to concerts hilarious about the guys watching motley crew and uh uh journey uh-huh <laughs> she talks about i, I know people like that and oh my god it's so because I just think she's 57 and I think uh, people can relate to her coming from a small town in Tennessee, uh, you know, having the life she did and uh, just talking about raising her kids. And she had uh, three children and she said the first two, she was like on the flashcards, doing everything. And then with the third one, she's in a parent teacher conference and she says to the teacher, can she read? Because <laughs> isn't she? Isn't the isn't the youngest daughter or the younger daughter? Isn't she like a makeup artist? Yeah, because they bring they bring out all three kids and the husband at the end of the special. Yeah, she is, and 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 she what, one's a, one's a lawyer, and then she's got her grandbaby there and talks yeah, about her, his son's beefy, wife. Yeah, yeah, her beefy. Grandchild. And about how uh, her son and his wife had established boundaries with her about right. the grandkid. But then they were really tired, so they just dropped the kid off. But she said her husband, they've been married 30 years, and she doesn't know if he would pull her out of a burning car. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, it's just hilarious. And everybody I've told this special is called I'm Every Woman – but if you haven't seen, if you like that, then if you go to YouTube, there's a zillion clips because she did this national tour called the Big Panty Tour. Yes. And she's, and she she's wearing a less than flattery dress. And she says, I got spanks on from here to here. <laughs> and because she's got the she's got the Southern drawl. Leanne Morgan is her name. Right. So I just I, I think if people want to laugh and have fun that is a good thing and uh the theater roundup gruesome playground injuries starts at the, it's the first uh, steve wolf studio series and it's it's produced by the rep and it's at kpac this okay. weekend so it's different and we have uh doubt at prism which is at the kranzberg and then, of course, broke at Westport, which sounds so fun, Carl. I'm really looking. I'm, I think I'm going to go it. next weekend, but this weekend I'm going to see what the Constitution means to me at the Marcel. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think of that because I found it so surprisingly humorous and hopeful and really well done. Uh, go Dog Go has completed its run on at the Big Top uh, in Grand Center, but. If you still want to watch Go Dog Go, you can stream it. Oh, nice. So go to Metro Theater Company and find out how to stream it. And you can see it because it is joyful and entertaining and very acrobatic. And it's just really cute for the kids. Now, uh, they have Into the Woods is still at Stray Dog. And that is also exceptionally sung and orchestrated just beautiful so there's a lot to choose from and there's something else i am forgetting that's on stage wicked is at the fox 
Yeah, that wicked. Doesn't, that doesn't need any publicity. Well, it's here till May seventh. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstars coming up May 9th. and uh, and what? I might be taking as a special guest the soon to be retired John Hewlett because he hates musicals, but he loves Jesus Christ Superstar. And he's I don't think he's ever seen a musical at a Fox. And now that he'll be retired by then, I, he's going to be my date. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, he's not only retiring, but Carol Daniels retiring. I sat next to her at Wicked I, the day she announced and I gave her a big hug and said she deserves it. John Hewlett, on the other hand, Deserves everything that he's going to get. Well, he still is going to have the Cardinal gig. And he's going to do the classic show on Sunday. He's just not coming in Monday through Friday, even though he records the classic show on Thursdays. So he'll be in once a week on Thursday. All right, Lynn, where can we find you? I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times on Friday. I am with Jennifer and Wendy on KTRS every Friday at 11.08 a.m. We had a delightful time celebrating KTRS's anniversary at Piccadilly on Friday, where I got to meet Mark Moser and hang with Brian McKenna. I love me some Brian McKenna. He's our I neighbor. Know, I know, and uh, that was fun. And poplifestl.com is my website where you can also find this podcast. You can find me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show on 97.1 FM Talk. Saturdays and Sundays on the Second Amendment Radio and Great Outdoor Show on 97.1 and KMOX. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram underscore Carl the Intern. In fact, I'm going to uh, post some stuff from the last week. I'm going to do a what the kids call a photo dump from the month of April. I did a lot in April and it was a busy, busy time. So I'm going to do what the kids call a photo dump, which is all the photos I get. Oh, wow. Well, next week we're going to have reps from the black rep here because they're going to be doing their musical UB oh. starting the first weekend in May. So how about that? That would be fantastic. I know we get to talk to them. So it is going to be a busy spring. I, I hope everybody keeps safe. I hope Cardinals turn it around. Ah. Sad about the blues, but I bet you have, you, you have mixed feelings. I will be painting the ice on Saturday morning as the season ticket holders come in and paint the ice as we melt it. And then the week after that season ticket holders are going to disco around the melted ice. The, the ice will be melted. So it'll be a roller rink. So if you're a season ticket holder, you should ask your rep about that. Did you know that crushed red in Kirkwood has a salad in Lake Korea? No, they're talking to me. Yeah. So interesting, huh? Yes. Fair. Lynn, I hope you have a great weekend. Let's talk next week. Thank you, Carl. You too. Everybody stay safe. Be well. Bye. Bye.